Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Talking about revolutionary love. Well, one thing is that if you want to define revolution, revolutionary, one of the definitions is that it, it, it brings about a drastic or fundamental change. That's what it does. Uh, that's one of the definitions. That's probably about definition number three in, in, in Webster. Now, when it says a, bring about a change, it's sort of like somebody says, oh, we have a revolutionary new product coming out. It's revolutionary. Well, it means it's new, it's different. That's what, that's what they mean. So when we're talking about revolutionary love, the love that Jesus gave us the one that he showed us was revolutionary. Definite revolutionary. Because, see, what, what we thought is that, well, love is something that we feel, something that uh, ministers to us. And when we say we love someone, usually we're attracted to that person uh, out, outwardly, inwardly. Uh, we share some of the same ideas. We. we we uh, click together and all that. They minister to me, all those type of things. That's what we say love is. Jesus came on the scene, and he gave us a revolutionary definition of love. He demonstrated his love, and which was very, very different. Let's look at it in Romans chapter 5. Let's go there. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, we'll start there. It should be on your screen. You can do it on your electronic devices uh, if you have a Bible. I'm reading out of the new. Uh, I'm, I'm reading out of the, the, the new, new was well, not the new. Not a new King James, but it's, it's, uh, I like the I like this th this particular Bible. It's a it's a modern English Bible, New American Standard. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Jesus died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man. Though perhaps for a good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's revolutionary. See, because our idea of love we would never love someone who was an enemy. We would never love someone who was sinning against us. Our ideal of love was not that way. We would love somebody if they loved us, yes. Now, Jesus came on the scene and he said that, no, this is a new type of love. It's a revolutionary type of love. This love is a love where you can love someone who hates you. You can love someone who despitefully uses you. You can love someone who's your enemy. And he demonstrated because he died for us when we were yet sinners. Revolutionary. Revolutionary. So now, when you think of that, you say, wow, Am I loving people like that? Am I really loving people like that? In that way. Let's go to another one, 1 John chapter 3. Let's go there. Uh, we'll start at 14. Verse 14. It says, We know that we have passed out of death into life. Because we love the brethren. This love is not 
Eros type of love. It's not phileo uh, type of love. This is agape type of love. He who does not love abides in death. So he's telling me if I don't, if I don't really love people the way he loves people, I'm abiding in death. Everyone who hates his brother, and we can say we don't hate anyone, uh, well, it's implying ill will. It's implying that uh, you don't prefer that person. You just don't like the people. He who, he who hates his brother is a murderer. And, who, and, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And he changes things. See? So he's saying if I, don't, if, I, if I don't really love somebody, if I really hate somebody, I'm a murderer. We know, we, we know love by this. How do I really know that Jesus kind of this revolutionary type of love? That he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That's how you know this revolutionary type of love is that it's a type of love that you lay down your life for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. You lay down your life even though they might be unlovable, even though they might not like you, even though they may be sinners, even though they, they might have sinned, let's put it that way, even though uh, they really don't prefer you. He says that you need to lay down your life for your brother. That's what he says. That's a revolutionary type of love. Why would I want to lay down my life for somebody who doesn't like me? who's despitefully using me, who really, uh, they prefer not to be around me. Why would I want to lay down my life for somebody like that? But Christ says that that's the type of love that I'm talking about. That's the revolutionary type of love. That's the love that I'm saying that this is love. This is love. You lay down your life for your enemies. Wow. Have you ever seen that type of love? You know, we, we've seen it. We know we've seen it. Uh, in, in demonstration in Christ. Is that correct? But how often do we see it among each other? In, in, in our workplaces, who we, we, have, we have Christians in our workplaces. We have Christians all over. How we have all universally, we have Christians. How often do you see, because we're talking about the brother, how often do you see that type of love? Usually we see the selfish kind of love, don't we? It, it, it's, well, hey, if you don't like me, I don't like you. You don't speak to me, I don't speak to you. Isn't that correct? If you don't meet my needs, then hey, you know, you don't meet my needs. I'll go find my, meet my needs somewhere else. Isn't that, isn't that what, what destroys marriages? Yeah. It's based on my needs. It's based on my wants. It's based on my desires. It's based on me and mine. That's what it's based on. It's not based on his desires, his wants. It's about us. So he says, I'm coming to show you a revolutionary type of love. And I want you to show that revolutionary type of love to others. Because that's the only way they're going to see me. The only way. They see us in any other type of love that we show. They see us. They don't see Jesus. And I believe that, I believe that the world knows the difference between Christ love and our selfish type of love that we show. Matter of fact, the word says that everyone was going to be without excuse on that day. On that day. On the judgment day. Whether we, whether we heard the gospel or whether we didn't hear it, we're going to be without excuse. Because all the world speaks for the glory of God. 
That's what the scripture says. Some say, wow. Wow. What does this what does this revolutionary type of love really look like? What does it really look like? Well, it looks like self-sacrificing. That's what it looks like. Self-sacrificing. Didn't didn't Christ sacrifice? Self-sacrificing. That's what it looks like. And I know that I don't want to sacrifice myself unless it's for a worthy cause. And I can't think of many worthy causes. <laughs> Can we? Come on. And we're going to sacrifice ourselves. Can't think of many. Like you said, maybe for a righteous person. Right? How many righteous person people do we have? Do we think we have, see? And so maybe our, our mate, we will do that. We will sacrifice ourselves. Yeah? If it's a good day, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, just think about it now, really. Because yeah? if we're mad with them that day, we might not do it. We, we are a, we, we are human, aren't we? And, and that's the way, way, way we are. God wants to change us, doesn't he? wants to change us. It is not only self-sacrificing, but it's serving others selflessly. It's serving others. Because does Christ serve us? Yes, he does. He serves us. Does he think of himself when he's serving us? No. No. If, if he thought of himself, he would never, he would never, the creator come down and be part of creation or be, you know, uh, like man. And of course, he was full of man and full of God. He would never have done that if he was thinking of himself. He would have never gone to the cross if he was thinking of himself. This type of love, another way we can look at it is that it is giving of yourself. Giving of yourself. This type of love. Giving of yourself to someone else who doesn't deserve it. Ooh. Now, if you said just giving of yourself and living at that, I could, I could track with that. But when you say giving of yourself for someone who doesn't deserve it, that's going a little bit too far. What do you think? Because that's the way we, we think. But Christ gave of, gave of himself for those who didn't deserve it. How many of us really deserve for Christ to die for us? None. Zero. No one deserves it. But yet he did it. And he's saying that this is love. This is love. He laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. That's what he said. Revolutionary. Revolutionary. Giving of our possessions. And we do have, we used to have yard giveaways, and when we have a yard sale, we had a yard sale. We, we even gave away some things there. But usually, come on now, usually, we give away things we don't need or want. <laughs> Come on now. Am, 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 am I truthful? If we really want this thing, if we really, you know, I need this, are we going to really give it away? No. 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 But that's what this revolutionary love is. 
a gift of his possessions, even if you want it and need it, you give it. Ooh. I don't, I, that's what it looks like now. I mean, I tell you, are we seeing it? Are we seeing it among each other and among the Christian community worldwide? Are we seeing it? Because God says that this is love. And the Holy Spirit is trying to work it in us, through us. He's trying to get it through us. It's, it's like a, a water hose. You can cut the faucet on, but if, it, if it's, especially like if it's wintertime and you left the water, you didn't drain the hose, and it froze up, you can cut the water on all you want to, but it's not going through that hose because the water is frozen in that hose that you didn't, you didn't drain out. So is the water going to go through? No. Not until that, that, that ice throw out is not going through. Then the faucet is on. It is on. The Holy Spirit is trying to get love through us because the fruit of the Spirit, the, 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 the evidences and, and the, 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 the things that the Holy Spirit brings us by being in us is love, joy, peace, patience, which is long-suffering, goodness, kindness, temperance, faithfulness. He's trying to get it through us to the world so the world can see Jesus. That's what he's trying to do. But see, sometimes, a lot of times, we have some stoppages in areas. We're like frozen in some areas that he can't get through because sometimes the world freezes us, sometimes circumstances freeze us, sometimes our our growing up background environment throws us in an area that he can't get through. How many of us have ever held unforgiveness because of something that somebody did to us a long time ago, what the situation was? I mean, it was a horrific situation. But God wants us to let it go. He wants love to flow. He wants forgiveness to flow. He says, if I've forgiven you, you should forgive others. Yeah. This is the kind of revolutionary love God is saying, I want my people to exhibit because I want the world to see me. Because if they, he says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men to me. Well, he was lifted up, wasn't he? He wants to draw all men to him. How is he going to draw it? if we don't allow the Holy Spirit's fruit to get through us, to show that agape, to show that love, that unselfish type of love, this love that, hey, what's mine is yours. I'm thinking more of you than I'm thinking of me. How is he going to get that through? What does it look like? It looks like giving our heart and money to the kingdom work. To kingdom work. To kingdom work. It takes money to do the kingdom work many times. You can't do many things without it costing something. You say, well, we can have a free car wash was well, last time I looked at our bill. I think they charge us water bill, don't they, Stella? They charge us water bill. So it, it might be free to somebody, but it's not free. <laughs> I guarantee it's not free. Right? If we're going to go over to any place, India, Guatemala, anywhere, who done, who, who, or the, um, Romania, we've gone to Romania before we've gone to Honduras, before we've gone to um, Kiel before. It costs money. They don't let you on those planes and say, hey, you're a Christian, you're going to do missionary work? Come on in. No, you're going to have to pay to do it. 
you do it. Yeah. When, when, when the young people went down to Florida uh, to serve at seafarers that serves the, all the cruise ships and the cargo ships that come in, that they come to the seafarers headquarters to get on the internet and, and, and try to reach their families and things because they're away from home a long period of time. It costs money to do that. They serve. And people are being blessed, people are getting saved, but it costs money to do that. It costs money for those computers, all those computers in the seafarers' uh, headquarters. It costs money to do that. But it's a service that they are sacrificing. So, so giving of your finances is part of love. It's part of love. Revolutionary love is part of it. And Jesus, you say, well, Jesus didn't, he didn't have to give any money anywhere. He just, he just operated on people giving to him. Well, I read that if Caesar, you owe Caesar, give to Caesar what's due to Caesar. Give to God what's due God. And I, I, I believe he, he told the, the disciple, hey, go and, and, the, and, you know, the first coin you get out of the mouth, the fifth mouth, you know, then, then give it for our taxes. Jesus is going to do what's right, isn't he? And I know that he had money because he had a treasure. And, 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 and he had enough money so that the, the, the one who was stealing from the treasury didn't think it was going to be noticed. He had so much money in it that he would give and give and give to the poor. Because even at the Last Supper, they thought Jesus was going out to give something to the poor. That was his habit, giving to the poor. Revolutionary love gives of our Finances, hard earned. Come on in, hard earned. Some of you might earn it easy. I don't know too many that earn it easy. Hard earned money to somebody who might not even accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior, because that's kingdom work, isn't it? You're going out and you're just sowing seeds. Some sow, some water, but God gives the increase. We would happily give money if every time we gave something, we knew it was going to be a soul as one. But we don't know that. We're going to give and sow and let God take care of the rest. That's what we want to do. Revolutionary love. Another thing that's Important not only that we want to show bits and pieces of Jesus Christ, because that's what we want to do, show bits and pieces of the love that he's shown us when we do revolutionary love things. Not only do we want to see what it really looks like and, and know what it looks like, because it's sacrificial giving, but we want to know what is the What's the law of love so I can show it? What is the law of love so that I can show it? I want to be to show love. He said, this is love. I lay down my life. I can't go lay down my life uh, all the time. I can't lay it down but one time. I don't have no more. But then now, so how can I, what's the law of love that I can really show things like? Let's look at Matthew. Let's look at chapter 5. Around about verse 43, Let, let's go there and see what this kind of love, revolutionary love, this law of love, really look like. He says that, in verse 43, You have heard that it was said, 
you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Sounds reasonable. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I like the way the King James says it. Is it, is, is it, on, is it on King James is it up there? I like the way King James says it uh, in verse 44. The King James says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Ooh. Ooh, that's interesting. Love your enemies. The law of love. Bless them that curse you. Ooh. Come on. Bless them. Bless them. Anybody who, who curse you? Now, what is cursing? I'm not talking about profanity. They are speaking bad things about you. Anybody ever spoke bad things about you? Sure. Sure. If you've been in this world longer than probably three or four days. (laughs) Bless them. It says, do good to those who hate you. You mean I need to show revolutionary love to those who hate me? Come on. Is that reasonable? What kind of love is this he want me to show? He want me to show love to somebody who hates me. It would have been better if he says that don't do anything for those who hate you. Because that's what we do. Those who hate us, we don't do anything. But not, not the law of love. And he says that I want you to pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them. Now, can you imagine getting down on your knees and like praying for somebody who despitefully uses you and persecutes you? Praying for them. That is not good for the flesh. Guarantee you. Flesh doesn't like it. Oh, the flesh rares up. Because if it's at night, we're already sleeping. We got to already pray for our children or whoever. We don't want to pray for the government. You know, uh, you know, so we just might want to pray for our mates, our grandchildren, our children. We want to pray for somebody and then jump in the bed. And he says, I want you to spend a little time praying for those who despitefully uses you, who persecutes you. Pray for them. That's really not what we say over our food, is it? We bless our food but we don't pray for anybody else when we pray for our food. We don't want to die, so we bless the food we're about to receive. <laughs> nourishment our body. Let it be nourishment, God. Even though I'm eating a banana split, all these nuts and chocolate on it, you know, cause it to be nourishment for my body. You know it's not going to be nourishment. You know it's not. How many of y'all prayed that prayer before? What the rest of y'all do? I know you're eating, 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 eating something that you know is not healthy for you, but you pray over it. Yeah. Big piece of cake. You prayed over it. Yeah. Nourishment for my body. Man, it's going to hurt your body. Yeah. But that's, that, that's the law of love. That's what he's saying, the law of love. He says, so that, come on, verse 45, so that, you may be sons of your Father who's in heaven. So that you'll be a son of your Father who's in heaven. That's, I want you to show this kind of love 
so that you'll be a, a son or daughter of your Father who's in heaven. Because, he says that, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Aren't you glad you're not God? Because you can control it all, can't you? It can rain on one side of the street and not on the other side of the street. You know, that, 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 that that's happened before. It can rain on one side of the town and don't rain on the other side of town. Some people can lose their power and others don't lose their power during storms. Right? Aren't you glad you're not God? Because God knows who doesn't like him, who does. Doesn't he? What would happen if we were God? <laughs> right? Right? Somebody would lose their power. They'll be the only one that lost their power. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what he says here. For if you, verse 46, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors. I mean, that's the worst people you can have if you're talking to Jews. Even the tax collectors do the same thing. My goodness gracious. That's what we like doing. We love those who love us. We like those who like us. We spend time with those who who we like to spend time with, who minister to us, and uh, we like being around them. You know, we... We don't spend time with those who, um, who we don't like. Uh, we don't invite them over for, for lunch because we don't want them eating our food uh, because we don't like them. Why would I want to sit down at a table with somebody I don't like? Have you ever been there before? When you have a, when you have a feast, Thanksgiving, uh, invite the lame, the, 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 you know, the, the poor, like the blind, you know. And who do we invite? The ones we like, our family, don't we? You don't invite the poor. You don't invite the, the lame. You don't invite the ones who, who help us. We don't do that. But now, I'm just reading the Bible. Come on, I'm Israel. Don't be mad at me. I'm reading the Is that right? Did he say that? Yeah, he said that. Because that's what he does. He does that. You say, well, man, this is not an encouraging message. You, you're supposed to be trying to encourage us. We came to church to be encouraged. I'm trying to encourage you to look in the mirror and say, I want to be like Jesus. And if love looks like this, and I'm looking in the mirror, I'm not there yet. Then I need to say, I need somebody to tell me. I don't need somebody to tell me, hey, you're doing great. Why you keep on doing just what you're doing? Because surely they don't care about you. Because Jesus is going to tell us like it is. Try reading the Bible, and I guarantee you, you're going to find something. You're going to say, oh, my, 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 my. Help me, Jesus, to be more like you. Everybody I've known that has seen Jesus, anybody I read about, when they see Jesus, they fall on their face and they say, oh, oh, man of unclean lips. I don't care if they were a prophet. I don't care if they were a, a disciple, apostle. I don't care who they were. When they see Jesus... They, 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 they automatically sense that, oh, my goodness gracious, I'm not there. When we look at the, in the law of liberty, we should be saying the same thing. You know, I want to be more like Jesus because he wants us to be more like him. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit for us to, 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 to yield to the Holy Spirit, for us to be more like him. That's what he did. Now, he also said, this type of love, I want you to, I'm going to commission you to go out and do the same. I'm going to commission you that. Let's look at it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He, he said, I'm, a, I'm going to commission you to go out and, and, and I want you to show this type of love that I'm talking about here. Let's start in verse 14. It says, for the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that, the one, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. 
My life is supposed to be lived no longer for myself, but for Christ. Your life should be lived no longer for yourself, but for Christ. He says, therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him, we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, and old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. So I'm not supposed to be the same person I was because I'm born again of a different, from a different father now, from a spiritual father. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is what he's given us now. He said, I want you to go out. I want you to proclaim what I've done. So he wants us to be ministers of reconciliation. He, he, he says that, tell people that, that I no longer hold their sinfulness against them. I no longer hold that. I have made peace with God. I have, I have come and I have died for the whole world, for the sins of the whole world. I've died. I rose again so that they may be justified. They may be just as though they're not sinned. Tell people that if they want to accept what I, the price I paid, they can accept me and give me their lives and their sinfulness will not be counted against them. Tell the world that. Tell the world that God no longer has enmity against them, wrath against them, who I have redeemed. And I will redeem everyone who gives their life to me. Tell the world that. Tell the world that. That's what revolutionary love is all about. It's about that. I want you to listen to a something that um, was given, and I said, wow, that is, whew, I don't know whether I could do that or not. Wow, this is cool. During the Cold War in Soviet Russia, Soviet Captain Marco snared at the young boy. What do you want? The, the boy, only 12 years old, swallowed his, his fear as he stood before the communist officer. Captain, you are the man who put my parents to prison, in prison. Today is my mother's birthday. And I always buy her a flower for her birthday. Since my mother taught me to love my enemies and to reward evil with good, I have brought the flower instead for the mother of your children. Please take it home to your wife tonight and tell her about my love and the love of Christ. Captain Marco, who had watched unmoved as Christians had been unmercifully beaten and tortured, was stunned at the act of love of this boy. His tears fell as he slowly walked around the desk and grabbed the boy in a fatherly embrace. Marco's heart was changed by the gift of Christ's love. 
he no longer arrest, he, he could no longer arrest and torture Christians. And soon he himself was arrested because he wouldn't do what he was supposed to do. Only months after the boy's visit to his office, Marco slumped in a filthy prison cell surrounded by some of the same Christians he had previously arrested and tortured. He tearfully told his cellmates of the young boy and the simple gift of a flower. He considered it an honor to share a cell with those he had previously haunted and attacked. Revolutionary love. Do we know anybody who could benefit from an act of kindness? Sometimes a flower might not cost but 25 cents, depending on whether it's a carnation or what it, what it may be. Um, an act of unselfishness. Let me read you from our last revolutionary love, three testimonies that, that were given. It's very interesting. This person says, I went to Kroger to shop my, for my groceries, and while there, I, I thought I'd get, an, get extra money off my debit card. I put the money in two cards and, and asked the cashier if she could give them to the next two senior customers that came through her line. Tuesday, senior day at Kroger. She backed up from me and said they were not allowed to do that. I was discouraged, but determined to find out from God what he wanted me to do. I prayed about it all that day, and in the middle of the night, I felt I knew what to do. Today, I purchased two Easter lilies, pinned the cards, and those are the, the cards we had back then, revolutionary love cards, to them and took them to the housing for the elderly that is located on my street. I prayed over the, plant, uh, the plants and I left them on the stoops of two doors there. My daughter cheered as I returned to my vehicle. I felt good even though I might never see those people. The sun even seems to shine a little brighter. Stella Dorsey. Let me read you another one. Like others, I too have been praying about how best to distribute the cause and uh, be a blessing to someone. Earlier this week while I was praying about it, God told me to leave a bag of quarters along with the card in the laundromat next to the store I was, I was going in. When I actually got around to doing it, I saw a gentleman in the laundromat who looked a bit rough around the edges. I immediately turned around and walked out because... I just knew he would take the money and waste it and not use it for his intended purpose. Instantly, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit for I knew that my Lord would never be so selective about whom to bless and share the gospel with. So I went back in, gave him a smile, and laid the bag of quarters and the card on the table. I felt good about giving and I was excited at the thought that someone might be blessed and might come to know the Lord. I prayed over the card and the money because I wanted them to fall in good hands to be a seed that would bring much fruit and a harvest for the kingdom. I wanted someone who doesn't know the Lord to come to know him. And it's all about increasing God's kingdom and sharing the gift we've been given. Dietrich. Let me read you one more. These are from, the, from 2008. This one says, I was, praying for my, for, uh, I was paying for my meal in a drive-thru. I heard the total for the person behind me. I was reminded that paying for their meal was one way that we could show revolutionary love. I told the drive-thru worker that I would pay also for the person behind me. So I gave the worker a card to give the next person in line. I'd had a pretty long day, but this experience gave me energy. I felt invigorated for the rest of the day. What a fun experience, joy. These are just three of the people in the congregation back in 
2008 who did some of the things. What are some of the things we could do? Uh, on, on the back of your bulletin, you should have a bulletin there, you have some, some ideas there. And what are some of the things we could do? One of the, one of the most important things you can do is that if you, if you have somebody that you've been holding something against, you have somebody that's done you wrong. You have somebody who has, you just messed up your day. You have somebody at work who you know they just don't like you. You have somebody somewhere that doesn't even speak to you. That's the type of person that you can show revolutionary love to. What can you do? I know we don't have a lot of money to just be throwing money around, buying other people's groceries and stuff like that. Man, we can't even buy our own. You know, I know, I know how that is, but you can pay maybe a part of something. You can, you can buy a Kroger card or Food Line card or Walmart card. You can buy something, a $5 something or $2 something, and just give it to somebody and say, hey, you know, buy, the, buy, buy your little child something. You, you could do a lot of different things. You just pray and let God give you creative ideas because we're talking about the creator. He can give you creative ideas. But it gives you some ideas down here. And, and the immediate thing came to me was when uh, it, in, um, um, well, I can't tell you that. But anyway, let me tell you, it's a, it's a person who doesn't speak to me. I mean, they just won't speak. I can be coming down the street, and they see me. I see them. They just turn their head and keep walking. Man, you know, I, I wave anyway, because, you know, I'm a pastor, I wave. Hey, you know, they know I'm a pastor. I live on my street, I wave. They don't ever wave back. Don't ever say anything. You know, don't ever say anything. They said something to me one time. Their husband died. Minerva said, hey, you think we should take a meal? I said, no! <laughs> they won't even speak. I'm not taking no meal to them. That's terrible. That's terrible. Okay. But I'm telling you the truth. I didn't. I did not take a meal to them. She still doesn't speak. But the thought came to me, you start showing revolutionary, revolutionary love to her. Oh. Sometimes we would rather show revolutionary love to a stranger that you don't even know, don't know nothing about them, when you got somebody right in your workplace, maybe in your home, and on your street or something, that you can show revolutionary love to. And that's who I'm going to show revolutionary love to. I'm going to pray. I'm going to show revolutionary love to that lady. Minerva's ashamed of me. I know she is. You know? <laughs> but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, because she doesn't deserve it. She doesn't speak to me. She doesn't smile at me. So what? Huh? So what? She's a great candidate for revolutionary love. Great candidate. So you think of things that God will have you to do during this time. All the thing I ask you to do is uh, we have cards out in, the, out in the lobby, and we might have some cards here. Do you have some cards back there? How about passing some of those cards out? Just just pass the bucket, you know, right down the aisle there, get one or two or three or whatever they want to get. Uh, and um, just give them a card so they'll know that, oh, if they, see the, if they see a church's name on it, then obviously they know you're a Christian. Yeah. Not that a church is filled with Christians all the time, because I was in a church that was not a Christian. So, um, But they, they, are, they, they are associated too. Before we had cars that said revolutionary love on them, I just couldn't find them. And, and if they did, they had the wrong date on it, and the wrong logo and all that, the wrong address and all that stuff. So 
anyway, they, they do have that. Show revolutionary love to them. Show revolutionary love. And, and then, uh, no telling what they might do. I don't know what they might do. Now, the next thing, that's the first thing, the next thing I want you to do is, just like they did back in 2008, uh, they put these things, uh, they, they, they gave, it, gave them to us to record. We have a Facebook page that you can go on Facebook and you can record your experience. Because it encourages other people. Just like these encouraged us, it encourages other people. Uh, I don't, I don't, I've never been on Facebook, don't know how done, but I, I do know that, my daughters know, uh, I can go on Facebook and I can, I can record my experience. Just post it on a, on a, on a wall. Okay. 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 All right. Post it on the wall. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Terminology. All right. So, uh, and if you don't have internet, you can uh, just call the church office. If you leave it on a voicemail, then we can take it off and, and we can print it up. We can do it that way. It's harder to tell somebody on the phone. If you tell somebody on the phone, it's hard for them to catch everything. But if you, uh, if you put it on a recorder, then we can go back and translate and, and put it up on the thing. All we're trying to do is put feet to the message. That's all we're trying to do. There's not no, no big, uh, this thing is going, uh, you know, well, it's going to bring 10,000 people to the church. No, we, we, all we're trying to do is let's do the work of the ministry. Let's do what the Word says. Let's try to show love. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.